The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Do you feel that you're losing the battle with looking and feeling your best? Stop! Welcome to Body Balance Talk with your host, Lucy Hewitt, and her guest experts. Your body has an outstanding ability to heal itself and stay healthy. It's up to you to get the process started. Now, here is Lucy Hewitt. Welcome to Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy Hewitt, nutritional therapist. And I'm Madeline. And I'm Jeannie Schmidt, PharmD, and we welcome you to our show today. Now, last week we had started our great discussion about body composition, and we'll be continuing on that topic today. And when looking at body composition, we might think that there are three main compartments, and that would be water would be one compartment, and that's mostly what we discussed last week. And so if you have missed that, you might want to go back and just listen to all that great information about water inside your cell and outside your cell and bring yourself just up to speed on that. So the three main compartments, one would be water, the second one fat, and the third one is muscle. And then, of course, there would be other lean tissues such as bone and connective tissue that just also resides um, under the, the non-fat type of tissue. So mainly thinking of water, fat, and muscle. And why are these things important in the first place? Um, most people usually think about what they look like first. So you might think body composition. Well, I just want to be lean and I want to look great and I want to have muscle tone. And that's, that's something we hear at the fitness studio. We hear people come in all the time when we say, well, what are you looking for in the fitness classes? And they'll say, well, I really want to lose, I want to lose weight. Usually they say that, but they mean I, I want to lose body fat and I really want to have some better muscle tone. And these are things that pretty much universally people are looking for. So we realize that it's an aesthetic issue. People want to look great. And they also, though, really want to feel good. And most people don't understand that body composition not only has to do with how you look, but it also has everything to do with your health. So remember that your body has the ability to heal itself and stay healthy, but it can only do this when conditions in your body are optimized. So we might think about a fish in a bowl of water, and we know that some of you out there might have that. You might have a goldfish swimming around in this nice little glass uh, bowl. Right? Yeah. And and hopefully that water is nice and clean and clear and the fish is happy. But say that that fish bowl was all cloudy. There was poop all over in there and there was, um, oh, maybe some dead flies and it just, it was all brown and everything looked pretty bad in there. That would actually be called the bioterrain that the fish is living in. And then you would expect that if the water looked like that, the fish probably wouldn't be very healthy. So if you had a fish like that, you wouldn't think, well, why don't I try and give it some medications or why don't I give it a shot 
or maybe I should take it to the fish doctor. Instead, it would be pretty obvious that you would say, you know what, I really think I need to change this water, that the environment that this fish is in is making it sick. And no matter how many nutrients or how many vitamins or good food that I can give the fish, it's not going to be healthy. Well, that would be called the bioterrain. And you want to start thinking of yourself like that, too, like you're this big fishbowl. And that your body absolutely has the ability to stay healthy, but not if the bioterrain does not support health. And so the bioterrain includes your body composition, meaning where that water is, how much water you have, if it's inside or outside of your cell, if it's full of toxins or not. And it also includes how much fat you have on your body, how much muscle, and just how much lean tissue in terms of bone mass that you have. And of course, there's other issues in bioterrain such as pH, which we'll get into the pH on another one of our radio shows coming up. But this one is focusing, we're going to mostly talk about body fat today. So really understanding that body fat, the fat that's on your body, is part of your bioterrain. And the amount of body fat that you have contributes to your health or your unhealthy state. So we want to see that it reaches far beyond aesthetics or just how, however people look. Knowing that, your looks are very important to you as well. So that ends up to be just a great side benefit is when you improve your body composition for health reasons, you actually start looking better. And that's when people come up and they say, wow, what have you been doing? You know, I, I want to do what you're doing. And now we have this, this woman who I was talking to last night and... Um, She's easy to not recognize now because she's lost almost 90 pounds. And so I said to her, hey, you know, that must be kind of fun. You can actually hide from people because they don't, they don't even recognize you. And she said, well, that is actually what happens when I go in the store and I see people that I, I really don't want to talk to. <laughs> she said, they don't even recognize me. So well, that's convenient. <laughs> well, it, it is actually, and you know, that's kind of extreme. She's lost really, really a lot of weight to the point where she doesn't, I mean, she really looks like a different person at this point. But for a lot of people, maybe, maybe you lose five or you lose 10 pounds of body fat or you increase muscle on your body or you switch your water from outside of your cell to inside and that bloating goes away. And that's when people notice, hey, you know, you really look different and they're, they're usually noticing that you look better. Your skin quality is better. You have better coloring to your skin. And maybe they see some, some muscle tone. So there's definitely a side benefit of improving your body composition. And in fact, I wanted to share this email. We did get an email for the radio show here from somebody named Erin. And this is what she has to say about the water that we talked about last week. She said, I just have to say that I have recently experienced the more defined facial features and finger size reduction due to switching from sea salt to the Himalayan salt. She said, I was very shocked to find that my ring size went down an entire size and that I could physically feel a difference when touching my face. She said, it was a very odd experience and it made me realize how much more bloated I was than I had even realized. It was a simple dietary switch and I'm really enjoying the taste of the Himalayan salt. 
so that was from Aaron. Aaron, thank you so much for, for sharing that with us. And that was what we were discussing last week in this issue with the face. We were just mentioning if you wash your face, you know, you, you kind of lather it up or soap it up or put oil or whatever you're putting on your face to cleanse it with. And if it's with your hands, when you're, the bloating goes down, even if it's a small amount, you can really feel a difference just from touching your face. And another place that people notice is around maybe their shoulders and collarbones. They just start to feel those bones just a little bit easier when some of that bloat goes down. And again, that's talking about moving that water from that bloating edema type of outside water to moving that water, either get it out of your body or remove it inside of your cell where you can be more fully hydrated and feeling better and looking better. And so just just as a quick review in terms of body composition, if your water is in the wrong places, meaning too high of a percentage of water is outside your cells and too little is inside of your cells, then your body really cannot function at, at its best. Now, moving on to fat, if you have too much body fat, that excess fat puts out inflammatory chemicals called cytokines. Now, in the past, people used to think that fat just was on your body and it was just kind of this blobby white stuff that just sat there and didn't do anything. And you might think, well, muscle is what does everything. And you have all of these other cells, but fat is just sitting in there. And that really, that, that's been a myth and that's been debunked. As scientists have found out that fat is a very, very alive cell and tissue in your body. It does many things. One of the things it does is it, it creates this inflammatory state when you have too much fat on your body. So, of course, we know that everybody needs some body fat. And you might be wondering, well, I wonder how much would be ideal. If you would measure your body fat using some sort of accurate measurement, for women, you would be looking for around 20%. So 20 to 22 to 18 to 25, something in there is going to be a healthy body fat comp- composition for you. For men, healthy for men would be usually less than 20%. So to put it into perspective, if you are going to be a very, very lean bodybuilder, that maybe would be down to 8% or 10% body fat. That would be somebody that was getting the body fat abnormally low. That's not necessarily super healthy for people. So for men, you might want to aim for 12 or 15%. That would be still give you a very, very lean physique and help you with the body composition in terms of your health. And so we can see that when you have body fat percentage that's higher than that, those are going to be the excess body fat cells that put out these inflammatory cytokines that when you hear us talking about inflammation causes diseases such as heart disease or um, all kinds of like things like osteoarthritis, any sort of inflammatory condition, part of this can be happening because of the excess body fat that somebody carries around. So it's important to understand that this fat isn't just sitting there inert, it's actually very active. And one of the other things that's interesting about fat is that so many of the toxins in the environment are fat-soluble. And so when they enter your body, they end up getting stored into your fat cells. 
it's an interesting thing to know because as you lose body fat, that releases the toxins into your bloodstream, which is not a good thing for people. And that's what we'll be talking about a little bit later in the show, that that whole process and getting into the details. Mm-hmm. Well, and then it, can, the, it can be good, but it, there's a lot of troubles that happen, right? Well, exactly, because of course you want to let go of the toxins, but it can be very troublesome if you're not eliminating those. And that that's what we'll be talking about later in the show. And then if we move to the muscle component, too little muscle is actually one of the most important biomarkers of aging. And that it's been found that people with adequate muscle age much, much better and stay healthier into old age. So I can imagine some of you who are listening, you say, well, old age, you know, I'm not there yet. I'm somebody in my 20s. And maybe you think that this doesn't apply to you. However, it's important to know that there have been some great recent studies done that have shown that the amount of muscle that teenage boys have when they're around 14 or 15 or 16 or 17 directly translates into health in later years. So they actually looked at these boys, how much muscle they had or didn't have, and it was a longitudinal study looking many, many years later and found that, and it's not necessarily the more muscle you have, the better you do. It's that if you have adequate muscle on your body, you're going to age much better and have far fewer health problems than people that don't start out with good muscle. And now this was obviously, this was a study done in boys. And so we couldn't say, well, this is going to apply to girls as well. But I think that, you know, for me, I would actually translate that over and not, not, not say, so girls, it's muscle's not important for you. You know, I think that we can think that, yes, muscle is going to be important for everybody. And so that if you are somebody who's younger, it is absolutely important that you also pay attention to your own body composition because that's really setting you up for a life of either disease or unhealth or setting you up for a life of health. And so you want to start that at a very young age. Now, and so we can see that the amounts of water, fat, and muscle that make up your body have a huge influence on your body's ability to stay healthy. If we look at it in the sense of a bioterrain that we're living in this body, and we want the conditions to be just right so that the body can work properly. Now, today, we are taking callers again, and we would love to hear your questions or your experience with body composition. Or maybe you've got some experience of your own with altering your own water balance that brought about changes, like Aaron mentioned. And it really could be any question. So if you're going to call us, the number is one 866 472 And we also have an email. And that would be info at mybodybalancednutrition.com. So we'll just get back to our discussion focusing today on body fat. And uh, we, we also had another email. This was from Charlene. She had a number of questions, but one of hers was, how do I learn what my body composition is? And here we use something called the BIA or... Um, bioimpedance analysis and that's something where you just lie down like on a massage table or you could lie down on the floor and then we hook up these electrodes just to your wrist area and your ankle area and then run this very very low current through you and it's not something that you can feel at all it just runs right through Um, and then we get this great measure of how 
much body fat you have on your body in terms of the percentage, the number of pounds. It also tells us your total body water. It tells us the percentage of that water that's inside of your cell and outside of your cell. And it tells us what your lean tissue also is. And so this, this is something we use for our individual clients when they are losing body fat at somewhat of a rapid pace because what we can pick up on it is that toxin issue I was mentioning before. So here's, I'll back up a bit. Say you're losing body fat and those cells are actually opening up. Well, that's releasing those toxins into your bloodstream. And everybody has a different ability to detoxify toxins through your liver and then have those leave your body. Some people are fine with it, but we find that people that lose body fat somewhat rapidly, meaning more than about two pounds a week, so say that you're losing maybe four or five pounds a week, it's easy for you to get a toxin buildup. And then we pick that up on the BIA and how we see that is suddenly the person's extracellular water, that's the water outside of the cell, suddenly it increases. And it's increasing because of the toxins in the bloodstream. Your body sees that and it says we need to dilute these toxins immediately. This is not safe. And so it brings that water and dilutes it so that you can eventually excrete it. However, in the meantime, often that person ends up with headaches or maybe some nausea, maybe some achiness because they have excess toxins that are now in the bloodstream and that is actually not good at all. And so what what we state is that anybody that's losing body fat really should be working with somebody also on detoxification to be sure that you're not having these sorts of reactions. Because sometimes people say, oh, it's just a headache, you know, I can live with it or I'll just take some Advil. And that's not the way to go because eventually then those toxins, they find their ways in all kinds of nooks and crannies in your body that they shouldn't be. And what you really want is those toxins to be eliminated out through the liver and then eventually out through the colon or the kidneys and then they're out of your body. So Charlene had asked, how do I know what my body composition is? Well, if you're working with us, you would do a bioimpedance analysis um, there are other good ways. Underwater weighing is a really great way. It's kind of listed as the gold standard if you want to just know your muscle and your fat body composition. Now, that won't tell you your water, and it won't tell you if it's inside the cell or outside the cell, but it will give you a great, accurate measure of your body fat. And another one would be the skin fold calipers. But you need to have somebody who's been trained in that and they're doing it correctly. It's very easy to do that wrong and give you it's the, the number can be completely off. And that one too, that's just going to be measuring body fat by skin fold calipers. So those are some ways. We really like the BIA because it gives us all of it, the mm-hmm. water, the fat, and also um, the lean tissue. And I want to add also, as people are losing fat and they're releasing those toxins, and if they start getting headaches or we do the BIA and they notice that the fluid moves out of the cells, it's uncomfortable and it's not good for their health, but then they also notice they stop losing weight eventually. They'll hit that plateau mark where their body doesn't want to let go of fat any longer. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, and that happens because you've got so many toxins that are now in the bloodstream that remember, always remember how your body works and its main priority is to keep you alive. And so when it sees all those toxins, it says the last thing we want to do is let loose more toxins from the fat so it stops your weight loss. And once you get those toxins moving out of your body, then the weight loss picks up again. And it looks like we're ready for a break. When we come back, we're going to actually be discussing how in the world do you lose that body fat in the first place. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Cancer is not something to be taken lightly, but instead of being talked at by doctors, medical providers, and others, wouldn't it be nice to hear from a host who has worked at the Cancer Coalface for 38 years as a caregiver, supporter for 14,000 patients, and who has had the experience of having a life-threatening condition herself? You will hear the stories of survivors and other people who work in breakthrough cancer medicine. Navigating the Cancer Maze with host Grace Goller will help you with the facts, planning, and grief experienced with different forms and stages of cancer. Listen every Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach Lucy Hewitt or her expert guests, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy along with Madeline and Jeannie, and we've been talking about body fat. Let's continue our discussion and talk about how to lose that body fat. Mm-hmm. That's a question that everybody seems to have, of course. You're talking about losing all this body fat and putting toxins into the bloodstream, but I know you're wondering, well, how do I lose that body fat in the first place? Well, let me know. What do you think about this? Eat less and exercise more. Does well, that, that work? That sounds right. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm sure everybody's heard that, right? And mm-hmm. people try that. And how about calories in versus calories out? And so these would be good things to call in or email in. If you think that calories in, calories out, does that work? Does it not work? And why or why not? Eat less and exercise more. Uh, And I want to put that out there because I really think this is what people think when they think, I've got to lose body fat. So that means I need to cut the calories and then I need to exercise more. 
Okay. Um, we've actually just found, and I think that you can find that too if you look around at other people and also maybe just look around at yourself, what you've tried. And, and I think you know the answer about if that works or not. If people just ate, uh, ate less and lost weight, I think we wouldn't have the problem with obesity in this country. And so then you go, well, then if, if that's not what it is, then what is it? And what we're going to be discussing today is some hormones. How about that? Hormones are chemical messengers in your body that run around in your body and they latch on to various cells and they tell your cells what to do. So it's kind of like a big telephone all over your body. And what's telling your body whether it's going to store fat or if it's going to lose fat is going to be your hormones. And then you might go, well, which hormones are you talking about? And I'm really talking about all of them, anything in your body that's a hormone. But I'm just going to point out some of the big ones that we'll be discussing today. Those would be insulin, cortisol, thyroid hormone, growth hormone, testosterone, and estrogen. So we'll be talking about today hormones, the individual ones, what they do, and how you can maximize the messages that they send. But it's also fat-burning enzymes. So when you have fat in a fat cell, it doesn't just melt out of there. Like say you eat less and then the fat just melts out of the fat cell and it just kind of melts off of your body. That's not, that's not what happens at all. They're actually pretty long chain fatty acids that are in the fat cells. And in order for, for that to come out of the fat cell, it needs to be broken down by these specialized enzymes called fat-burning enzymes. And the, the fatty acids go from really long chain to shorter chain fatty acids so that then they can be burned kind of like glucose in your body. So it's not that the fat melts anywhere. It's that it gets transformed into sh- shorter chains so that then you can burn that up and create energy in your body. And so to, in order to have that process happen, you need to have fat-burning enzymes in the first place. And then you also need the fat-burning enzymes to be active and do what they're supposed to do. So we talked hormones, fat-burning enzymes, and then there's one more, and that is detoxification and liver. Okay, so we'll hopefully we'll get to all three of those topics and how they relate to burning fat and keeping muscle on your body. So we can just start with insulin. And as we've learned before, that insulin is a hormone that's secreted by your pancreas. And how it works is when you eat some sort of sugar or carbohydrates and you digest that and it puts glucose into your bloodstream and your bloodstream says that's way too much glucose in here. So the insulin comes out, the insulin attaches to any sort of cell in your body and then it opens these channels in the cells to allow the sugar to enter the cell. When the sugar enters the cell, then your mitochondria use that in order to create ATP or energy for your body and then that keeps you alive and moving because we all need ATP and we all need energy. So insulin is key, is key here in that it needs to open up those channels in the cell to allow the sugar to come in. So all of our hormones are wonderful and good. Okay, we want to have insulin. The problem with insulin comes when you have way too much of it. Your insulin levels go way up. And now you've got high insulin levels when you're fasting and you have high insulin levels when you're eating. You have high insulin levels all the time. 
And the key with this is that if you have high insulin levels, that carries a message now to your cells that says this, store fat. Okay, it just, that's what the message is. Too much insulin carries the message, store fat. And it's a nice, loud, loud message. So what you can imagine then is if you're somebody that has high insulin levels, and I'll just let you know that most all Americans have high insulin levels. So this is not a rare occurrence. If you do have high insulin and you decide, I'm, I'm going to go on a diet and, and lose weight. So I'm going to cut back on food and I'm going to do some exercise. Um, for a lot of people, that doesn't work for them. And they cut back on food and they go, you know, maybe I lost a few pounds, but I can't lose any more weight. And what we end up seeing is people that cut back and cut back and they, here's their diet. Well, I get up in the morning, I, maybe I have a cup of coffee and, you know, maybe like a half a grapefruit or something or two tablespoons of some yogurt. And then I go and exercise. Then for lunch, I have a salad and it's with low fat dressing and, you know, not too much on it. And then for dinner, another maybe low-fat salad, something like this. So barely, barely eating anything, but yet their body does not want to drop the fat. And that's because the insulin level is too high. It keeps on saying, no matter what you're doing here, we're going to be storing fat. So it's important to understand that the message that the hormones carry are, are very, very important. That's what tells your body exactly what to do. And just going back to these insulin levels, because you might wonder, well, I wonder if I have that. You can actually just go, go to the doctor or if you have an ability to order a lab test yourself, get a fasting insulin level. And what you're looking for that level to be is between 2 and 5 and peop- I know everyone small people ask about units. It's micro-international units per ml. But that all insulin levels, as far as I know, have the same units on them. So you're looking for a level between 2 and 5. Now, if you, if you happen to get your printout from the lab, it's going to say that the lab normal is maybe, I think it's 8 or 12, something like that. So if your number turns out to be 8 or 9 or 10 or 11 or 12, the lab sheet will say that you're, that's normal. Okay, what you need to know is that those insulin levels were derived from normal Americans because the average American has an insulin level of between 8 and 12. Okay, now we, we know the state of our health over here in this country, so you can just decide for yourself if you think that that would be a good level for you to shoot for a normal average American insulin level. And so there have been a number of other organizations and people that have looked at other societies and other cultures throughout the world and have found that cultures that have don't have these problems like we have in the U.S., they consistently have insulin levels between 2 and 5. So a, a lot of health practitioners actually will be looking for a level of between 2 and 5, and that's what you want to be looking for for yourself. So here's the deal. If you find out that your insulin is above 5, you're going to tell yourself, well, maybe that's why I have a little bit of trouble losing weight, why calories in, calories out hasn't been working for me, and why excessive exercise hasn't been working either. So if that's you, then you want to focus on lowering your insulin level. And the way to do that is to cut sugar out of your diet and to drastically reduce carbohydrates in the forms of the grains and possibly starchy vegetables. 
and excess fruits. So where you would get your carbohydrates would be from the non-starchy vegetables. All those colored vegetables, you really load up on those. Very, very few, if any, fruits. And if you choose fruits, choose the berries, blueberries, blackberries, uh, strawberries, raspberries, and just a small amount, say maybe a half a cup a day. And then for starchy vegetables like sweet potatoes, think of about a half a cup a day or it could even be none for you. And you might think, well, that sounds pretty drastic, cutting all that out of the diet. However, you have to think, well, what have I been doing for the last X number of years to my body? So it's going to take some effort in taking some of these excess carbs out of your diet in order to reduce the insulin level down. And we've we've gotten a lot of great results with people we work with here for the simple reason that we've come up with a number of recipes that are so satisfying and still give you something that tastes sweet so you don't feel as though that you've deprived yourself. And those would be things like the thin mints, the mango chocolates. We have two different chocolate cakes. We have a pumpkin pie. Mm-hmm. We have um, a number of them. We even have cauliflower crust pizza, mm-hmm. cauliflower fried rice. All pudding. of these. And which one, Lucy? The pudding. Which one is the chi- that? The chia seed pudding. Chia seed pudding, exactly. And so... People usually are not successful and they just start cutting everything out of their diet and then they feel deprived and famished and then they kind of swing back into it and binge and overeat and all that weight comes back on. So what we suggest is actually get those recipes out and the first thing you do is start making those and eating them and then you find that these excess carbs and the excess sugar just falls away. Then if you took your insulin level and it was high, Go on this type of eating plan for about three months and recheck it. You should see that the insulin level is lowering for you. And as your insulin level comes down, once it's between that two to five range, you may see that it's easier for you to lose body fat. So we have also abundance of fats and putting getting those in your diet. So going the low-fat route isn't going to help you. It's not going to help your cell membranes. It's not going to help your brain. It's not going to help you feel satisfied with your food. So be sure that you include plenty of good fats, and those could be avocados, and those could be some good raw sprouted nuts. That would be olive oil, coconut oil, pasture butter, And then some of the other oils in smaller amounts, such as sesame oil, maybe a small amount of peanut oil if that works for you, almond oil, hazelnut oil, those can all add some great flavor sensations into your food and keep you really, really satisfied. And a good type of fat for your smoothies is coconut milk. That's the canned coconut milk, not the kind in the cartons, but coconut milk is an easy one for smoothies. Mm-hmm. And if you use the coconut milk in the smoothies and you're somebody interested in losing body fat, be sure that you keep it down to about a quarter cup. Yep, Co- that's easy to overdo. Yeah, coconut milk is very easy to just go and use the whole can, and that's not going to be helpful for you. So coconut milk, just keep it a little bit lower, a quarter cup, maybe up to a half a cup for people that are maybe super, super active. But once your insulin level comes down, comes down, then you start to have the potential to just become a fat-burning machine because you no longer have that high insulin telling your body to store fat. Now, another hormone that's very involved with fat and with muscle is cortisol, your stress hormone. 
when you have chronic high stress and you have the high cortisol. So high cortisol is going to result for people that have stress day in and day out. Um, an example of that would be somebody who their parents are going into a nursing home and there's a lot of financial trouble and there's a lot of stress with the health issues and it goes on and on and on for six months or a year. Um, maybe you're traveling to see the elderly parents. Maybe you're driving two-hour drives. Maybe you have to fly there. Now it's cutting into your work schedule and your own family schedule. We actually have a number of people here in the studio that deal a lot with this type of stress with elderly parents. It's not an easy issue for anybody involved. Now, of course, it could be any other type of stress as well. It could be maybe a long-term disease state that you're dealing with, or it could be um, all kinds of things. Lucy, you have other examples as well of long-term stress. Yeah, it could be even be your job. Maybe you just hate your job and you're counting down the years until you can retire. That's a big source of stress for people. Um, and now, does, does does it need to be stress that has to do with your lifestyle or your activities, or are there other types of stresses? Because I've noticed that there are people that don't seem to be stressed out at all, and they're actually really happy, relaxed people, but they've got trouble with their cortisol. Yeah, there are a lot of different sources of stress. The foods that you eat, if you're not eating enough or you're eating too much or you're eating the wrong kinds of foods, that can be a stress on your system. Mm. Or the yes. Type- yes, there's nutritional stress and there can be physical stress. And physical stress would be if you're not getting any sort of exercise at all or those people who are exercising way too much. And mm-hmm. physical stress could also be pain syndromes, pain that you feel all day and pain that's keeping you awake at night. And loss of sleep is also a source of physical stress. So, yes, those are, those are all um, big sources of stress that many, many people deal with. And the problem with it is that it results in a high cortisol level. Mm. And cortisol is a hormone that also carries a message. It's not exactly the same as insulin, a little bit different, but cortisol carries a message actually to break down muscle. So now we have something else that's pretty negative for people's bodies and people's health. The, the message is to break down muscle and to save fat. So certainly not to burn fat. So what we end up seeing here are people that say, you know what, I've always eaten well and I didn't have trouble with my weight and I exercise moderately. I didn't change anything in my lifestyle, but I've had this year of absolute tremendous stress and I've put on 10 to 20 pounds. Some people 10 pounds, some 15, some 20. And they just say, I don't understand it because I'm not eating any different. I'm not exercising any different. But that's the toll that stress can take on your body in terms of changing your body composition. So we can see that those people, it's not about what they're eating. This is about stress. There are many, many, many different biochemical reactions that happen when you have high stress. And that's about a two-hour discussion that we have on all of those different reactions. But one of them actually alters some of your other hormones. And one of those would be the thyroid hormone. So when you have the high cortisol, that makes it very difficult for people to convert the inactive thyroid hormone called the T4 into the active T3. 
So what's important to know is that your thyroid gland up there in, you know, your throat, your neck area up there, that produces the most abundant thyroid hormone is called T4. That's pretty inactive. Once it gets out into your bloodstream, your cells need to convert that into the active T3. Now, if you have high cortisol because you're having such a stressful life, you don't convert T4 to T3 very effectively. And so now suddenly it looks like you have hypothyroid. So maybe you're getting cold, your skin is dry. Um, but in terms of body composition, you have difficulty losing weight, or if you are already at a normal weight, you start gaining weight because your active T3, that's what, that's what creates your metabolism. You don't have very much of that at all. And if you happen to go to the doctor's office and maybe they measure TSH or they measure the T4, they say, well, everything is fine for you. Or maybe they even give you T4 supplement, like that could be Synthroid, which many, many people are on, but you can see that's not really what the problem is. Your problem is that you're not converting the T4 to the T3 because you've got this high stress going on. Now, it looks like we're ready for a break. It is time for a break. Call us at one 472 5792 or send us an email at info at com. When we come back, we'll continue our discussion about hormones. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Ready for in-your-face, smash-mouth talk? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go? You're not going to be shy here. Tune into Anything Goes featuring Ike Mega Griffin. He's got the facts to back up the talk and invites you to join him every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, just before the weekend on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Mega tells it like it is. Make the most of your beautiful life. Listen to Ageless Living with Dr. Tong Lee and co-host Kurt Wilhelm to gain tips on how to live healthier and happier, alleviate suffering, prevent disease, become more beautiful in body, mind, and fashion, and find peace, balance, and success in your life. Are you aware that every 3,500 calories that you eat above what you burn will put a pound of fat on your body? And running one mile only burns 200 calories? So portion size does matter, and migraines do have a cure. What is it? You'll have to tune in Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. 
To reach Lucy Hewitt or her expert guests, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy along with Madeline and Jeannie. And let's discuss... Let's continue our discussion on hormones. Yeah, we were just talking about cortisol, your stress hormone. And so just to review quickly, when you have, it's not that cortisol is bad or insulin is bad. We Obviously, we want to have all of these hormones. They're there for very, very good reason. If we didn't have cortisol, we wouldn't be able to handle any stress at all and we would die. So we need to have all the all of the hormones in order to even stay alive. The problem comes in when they, they're too high or too low. So we talked about high insulin sends a message to store fat. Excess cortisol or high cortisol sends a message to actually burn up muscle and store fat. And then we just touched on the thyroid hormone just a moment ago, and we could see that there was this interrelationship between cortisol and thyroid. And I just gave you one relationship there of how when you have high cortisol, that hampers your ability to convert the the inactive T4 to the active T3, which are your thyroid hormones that support your metabolism. And so that's just one example how two of those hormones work together. You need to know there's many, many, many hundreds and hundreds of examples of how these hormones affect each other. They really act as if they were a big symphony. And you you can't have one of these hormones acting out or being too low or too high, and it doesn't affect anything else. It actually affects all of the rest of the hormones. And so <clears throat> moving on with the thyroid hormone, a lot of different things can go wrong with a thyroid. And oftentimes, it's actually not the thyroid gland itself. Of course, sometimes it is, but sometimes it's not. One example would be Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is an autoimmune thyroid disorder that more and more and more people are becoming diagnosed with. And something that is important to know is that many, many, many cases of Hashimoto's actually start from gluten sensitivity in the gut. And so it would be very, very well worth somebody's time if they had this sort of diagnosis to go back and remove gluten and remove wheat completely out of the diet for a number of months and see what happens with the thyroid. That we've actually seen people that have reversed this and the autoimmune disease just goes away. So it's not always and only caused by gluten sensitivity, but many, many, many times there's that direct correlation with gluten sensitivity in the gut and Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And then the other one would be just this low thyroid effect. And so many times it's just because of systemic inability to convert the T4 to T3 due to the high stress. And then the other thing is just going back to the thyroid gland itself. Your thyroid gland is very, very vulnerable to toxins. And we know that we're just full of environmental toxins at this stage in in the game. And so your thyroid will be highly affected by toxins before other organs are. And so detoxification could be a very, very good route for you if you think that you're having thyroid gland trouble. There are a lot of different ways to detoxify. That's going to be a whole topic for another show. But we're still talking about hormones. And we can move on to the growth hormone and testosterone. 
both of these decrease with age. And both of them help you to burn fat and keep muscle or even build muscle. And yes, women need testosterone too. Now, one way that you can actually increase your growth hormone is by getting the deep sleep. And that's that's not necessarily the REM sleep. People often think that REM is the deep sleep, but there's actually these other stages called stage one, two, three, and four of sleep. And the stage four sleep is that very, very deep sleep that if you have uh, children and remember when they were babies, how soundly they slept, it was almost impossible to waken them up. Babies and young children have a huge percentage of their sleep is in stage four. And then as you age, you have less and less and less stage four. And that's why once you're elderly, you pretty much sleep pretty lightly for for most of those people. But whatever you can do to improve the quality of your sleep and and give yourself the chance to get that deep sleep, that's what's going to actually increase your growth hormone. And the other way to increase the growth hormone is to do high-intensity interval training for your exercise. So that would mean the Tabata training, taking your heart rate way up high, really for short periods. And I'm talking about 10 or 12 seconds. Okay, it could be 20 seconds, but it's not going to be for five minutes or 10 minutes or even one minute. It will be in the seconds. The heart rate goes way up and then you recover. And there's many different ways of doing this. Like take your heart rate way up for 20 seconds and then recover for 10. Take it way up for 20 seconds, recover for 10 again and do that eight times in a row. That's four minutes total. That would actually be a good way for people to work out. That pushes your growth hormone and it actually also increases your testosterone. And it decreases your insulin levels. Yep, it decreases insulin. So all of that points towards saving muscle and burning fat, which is going to improve your body composition for both your looks, but also for your health status. Yeah, I know for me, I mean, I'm a fitness professional and I've been exercising for a very long time, but doing the Tabatas, the interval training, that has changed the shape of my body more than any other type of exercise. And it happens quickly. I notice right away, I feel and look different. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you want to just try this on your own, you know, you can go to places and find classes in Tabata, but you can also just do it on your own. Go to this website called tabatasongs.com and you can just download a song. It's kind of important you have a song because they're timed specially for you so you don't have to look at your watch. It's 99 cents for a song and you only need one. So you download that, put it on your computer or your phone and turn it on. And then there, some of them will have this voice that goes like, Three, two, one, start. And then this music goes da 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 And then it'll go half done. da 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 And then it'll say five, four, three, two, one, rest. And so everything is counted down for you, which is really, really critical because you're going to choose exercises. You just need, only need two exercises. And you're going to do it as hard as you can. So that could just mean like dance as hard as you could. You know, it could be that, it could be doing jumping jacks, or it could be jogging with high knees, or it could be doing burpees. You just choose something, and you do that same exercise for two of the 20-second bouts, and then for your next two, you do your other exercise. And then you go back to the exercise number one, and then exercise number two, so you alternate them. 
and and you'll be able to tell a difference. It's only four minutes, but you'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm sweating and my heart is pounding. I feel really, really clear in my head. I feel really energized. Well, that's actually also doing some good to push your hormones in the right direction for fat burning and for saving muscle. And the testosterone, any man, once they, they reach age 35 and 40, 45, 50, the testosterone level decreases and decreases and decreases, leading to apathy and depression and excess fat, and nobody likes that. And so rather than the first thing of go out and get some testosterone um, injections or taking testosterone, the first thing should be to actually try and increase that through these types of Tabata exercise, that will increase it. And also through getting that deep sleep. And you should see your testosterone level actually rise. Now, let's, let's go to the next one, and that would be estrogen. And in general, estrogen favors fat storage. That doesn't mean that we don't want to have any estrogen at all. Estrogen is, is wonderful in your body when it's the right kind, at the right place, at the right time. But unfortunately, we have all of these environmental estrogens in the form of plastics, and they're in the air that we breathe in these fake scents, and they're in birth control pills that are now in the water supply. So if you're drinking water, especially that's unfiltered, you're getting you're getting residues of birth control. And then if you're eating any sort of factory farmed meat that has hormones added, you're getting a nice little dose or big dose of hormones in your food as well. So we all have these environmental estrogens that not only cause trouble with hormone-related cancers, but they also push your body to store fat. And in women, specifically, that fat will be on the hips and thighs and sometimes belly as well. And in men, that will show up as um, breast development or man boobs that's men or boys so if that's happening for you men you know that you have too much of the environmental estrogens and what you need to do is listen to this here eat more cruciferous vegetables for everybody and that would be the broccoli the kale and lucy what are some other ones oh lots of them brussels sprouts cabbage all of those greens like chard swiss arugula arugula that's an unusual one Mm -hmm. that we wouldn't have thought yep and then there's a substance in there so it's not just the magic of vegetables but there's something called i3c or indol 3 carbonyl so that you know that this is based on science people have actually found these substances in there this i3c is what helps your liver to get rid of these environmental estrogens and it also helps you to convert any of the excess estrogen that you have in your body into more healthy metabolites and not into the unhealthy ones that can possibly be cancer causing for people but we're talking about body composition today and we're not necessarily talking about cancer so in terms of body composition these excess estrogens especially the ones from the environment that we cannot get away from at this point they need to be detoxified through the liver and eating a large amount of those cruciferous vegetables meaning a few cups a day of those vegetables will help your liver to be able to get those out of your system and there's, an, there's another thing we use here, this medical food called Astrium by Metagenics. It's, it's a great supplement. It's a, it's a protein shake that's filled with all kinds of nutrients that help your liver also get rid of this, this excess estrogen. 
And so just to start to wrap up today, we've just gotten through the hormones. And next week, we're going to be touching on the fat-burning enzymes and also the liver detoxification and how that relates to fat loss. But we talked about the hormones. The insulin, when it's high, it sends a message to store fat. When your cortisol, because of various forms of stress, is high, it sends a message to burn up muscle and to save fat. When your thyroid is low, it sends a message to just tone down the metabolism, burn fewer calories, and also to store fat. When your growth hormone is low, it's difficult for you to maintain muscle mass on your body and burn fat. Same thing with testosterone. When that's low, it becomes difficult to burn body fat and also to save muscle. And when your estrogen, especially, and I want to point out, it's just not just a plain estradiol level. I'm talking about the complex environmental estrogens in the environment. When all of that is too high in your body, that sends message to put excess body fat on the body. And specifically for women, excess fat in the hips and thighs. And for men, man boobs or breast development. And so we can see that it's just not a matter of calories in, calories out, that hormones have everything to do with whether you're going to be keeping muscle or keeping fat or burning fat. And so it looks like our show is up for today. Is that right, Lucy? That is right. We're so glad everybody could join us today. Continue the conversation on our blog at mybodybalancenutrition.com and keep your eyes open. Soon we'll have the mango chocolates kits recipe to learn about the estrium. And you can also look on Facebook at facebook.com backslash bodybalancenutrition. I'm Lucy along with Madeline and Jeannie and that's That's our show. Thanks again for tuning in this week. Join Lucy Hewitt for another edition of Body Balance Talk next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, listen to yourself and make it a healthy life ahead. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff, and management.